0: This is Cardinal Wilton Gregory. He is the Cardinal Archbishop of Washington, D.C. And he has a special message to you. If you are powerful, if you're the President of the United States, if you're President Joe Biden, and you spend your time and your speeches and your effort to promote abortion... Partial birth abortion, third trimester, funding Planned Parenthood, funding it overseas, using taxpayer money. According to Wilton Gregory, you can come right on up for Holy Communion, pat on the back. But if you want the traditional Latin Mass, according to his new six-page document right here, No, his pastoral answer to you is no, you can promote abortion and get the right hand of fellowship. You can even get a front row pew at the cathedral in Washington, D.C. But if you're a priest who wants to say the Latin mass, I don't know, let's just say on a random Wednesday, No, there are new rules in place restricting a draconian restricting of the traditional Latin Mass in Washington, D.C. This includes limiting the locations of the Latin Mass to three locations. And if you're watching with me live and you're in D.C., I do have a question because I have attended the traditional Latin Mass at Old St. Mary's in D.C. As a matter of fact, the last time I was in D.C., Uh, that's where I attended Mass. I I looked at the list at Cardinal Gregory, and that's not on there. Is he removing the traditional Latin Mass from old St. Mary's? If you're in the live chat, let me know. I want to settle that today. That's a big deal, because that's sort of the flagship Latin Mass location in D.C. Okay, so I need to know that. He's also totally banned traditional uh, baptism, and sacraments. You want a traditional confession? and eh. Traditional wedding? and eh. Baptism? and eh. Confirmation? No, 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 no. You don't get any of that. The traditional Latin Mass, according to Cardinal, he was recently made Cardinal by Pope Francis Bergoglio. Putative Pope Francis. So yeah, no traditional sacraments. Only mass on Sunday, traditional mass on Sundays. So yeah, it's a Tuesday. Sorry. There's these new arbitrary rules set up by Cardinal Gregory restricting you from doing so. This is the great reset in DC for the liturgy. This is Traditiones Custodas in Full Effect. And I'm going to share with you today, last night, as I was getting ready for bed and doing a little reading, I was uh, finishing up the end of this book, Anabal Bunini, Reformer of the Liturgy, by Eve Chiron, forward by Alcuin Reed, And towards the back... There is a recommendation that Bugnini... Now, who's Bugnini? Bugnini is the guy who designed the Novus Ordo. Bugnini worked for Paul VI. He did the Novus Ordo Mass. He did the new uh, ritual for baptism, the new confirmation, the new everything. All right, he was the guy behind the guy when it comes to revising the liturgy. He made four recommendations to Paul VI to restrict those who wanted the traditional Latin Mass in the early 70s. You're going to be shocked when I read what Annabelle Bugnini wrote to Paul VI on the restrictions. It's going to remind you a whole lot of what's going down in D.C. And it's going to remind you a whole lot of what Francis is pushing in Traditions Custodis. Before we get started on that today, I would like to invite you to give this video a thumbs up. Like it. It's a free video. I'm not asking for any money. The payment, if you will, is just like the video. And share it with your friends. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. And if you're new, I invite you to please subscribe. You can hit the button in the right corner. And then hit the notification bell. And you'll be signed up on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast to get updates about new videos. New podcasts on breaking news like today's news on the restriction even more of the Latin Mass in the United States under a cardinal very close to Francis. So hit that subscribe button and hit that like button. That's the thumbs up. Okay, we're going to pray now. We'll pray the Our Father in Latin. And then we'll jump into it. Oremus, Nomini Patris et Fidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Patronos qui es in sanctificator nomen tuum regnum tuum. Via voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimitin nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in, in tentationem, sed libera nos somalo Amen. nomini Patris et fidi, et Sancti. Amen. All right, so what's going on? Cardinal Gregory, there on the screen, Interesting Crozier he's got there, right? I'm not quite sure what's going on there. It definitely has the Crozier shape, but it's also got the square shape. Is he squaring the circle? I don't know what the symbolism is there. Is it like the 8-bit version where it's kind of pixelated? I don't know. But there he is. That's Cardinal Gregory. He is announcing... In a decree issued today, and today is, I'm live right now, July 22nd, 2022, it's a Friday. He said he's implementing Traditiones Custodis. What is Traditiones Custodis? That is the document of Pope Francis that overturns Summorum Pontificum. Okay, what's Summorum Pontificum? Sumorum Pontificum was the document of Pope Benedict XVI, that said that every single Roman rite priest on planet earth had the right to say the traditional Latin mass and the traditional sacraments. It was a request made by the Society of St. Pius X, I believe at the time uh, it was made by Bishop Fillet of the Society of St. Pius X. They said, look, if we're going to get regularized and make everything legit, we don't, we don't just want permission for us and the Society of St. Pius X to, to say the Latin mass. We want to go one one ahead of everything. We want every priest in the Roman rite to get permission to say the Latin mass. Universal indult. And Pope Benedict XVI, Ratzinger, said okay and he did it. He also lifted the excommunication on Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre. That was a big victory in the history of the liturgy, tradition, uh, even Vatican response to the Society of St. Pius X, which has been around since the year 1970. When did the Novus Ordo become public and mandatory in the church? 1970. So the advent of the Novus Ordo and the advent of Archbishop Lefebvre and his Society of St. Pius X, have risen up together and continued together. There is no, the longer I'm traditional, the longer I attend the Latin Mass, there is no way really to understand our current predicament and what's been going on unless you actually read and study the history of this dialogue, and I'm using scare quotes here, dialogue between the initial founding fathers of the traditional movement, which would be Archbishop Lefebvre, also, Father Guerra, uh, Gerard Delorier, uh, who was the one who, not the only one, but one of the ones who penned the Ataviani intervention in 1968 or 69. The concern back then was the Novus Ordo looks, feels, and sounds Protestant. We don't like it. We don't want it. All right, that goes back to 1968, 1969. The only way you can really understand your current situation, I don't care if you're Institute of Christ the King, Diocesan, Indult Mass, Fraternity of St. Peter, or any other groups, or actually, if you want to be honest, even if you're a set of a contest, the entire, it starts off as a snowball and it begins to roll and that all begins to happen in the late 60s and officially in 1970. All right we had a reprieve under Benedict XVI that has been canceled out and made even more draconian under Pope Francis. Okay, so last year, Francis puts out Traditiones Custodis, totally overturns Sumorum Pontificum, takes away the right of every Roman priest to say the traditional night mass and begins a bunch of new rules. Cardinal Gregory said that he performed the synodality of his local diocese he spoke to the local catholics and he made this decision and his decision he says relates to the desire of francis to quote bring about greater unity in the church through the celebration of the mass and sacraments according to the 1970 roman missal of pope paul VI, which was the fruit of the renewal in the liturgy which the Second Vatican Council called, called for, end quote. So as you know, and beginning in 1970, as you know, and beginning in 1970, everything in the Catholic Church just got so much better. Priestly vocations went through the roof, infant baptisms went through the roof, marriage went to the vocations, everything was just no. None of that is true, is it? You look at any graph. You get a copy of my book. Go down to the library or buy Infiltration. There is a whole section. I give you all the statistics, the demographics. Beginning in 1970, it's down, 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 down. Infant baptisms, down. Adult converts, down. Vocations to religious women's life, down. Men's religious life, down. Vocations of priesthood, down. Enrollment in Catholic schools, down. Any, any demographic is down. There's only one that went up. Are you curious which number went up beginning in 1970? The only one that went up was annulments, not one you want to go up. It was not a liturgical renewal. It was not a new springtime. It was not a new Pentecost. It was a demographic decline. It was the onset of spiritual winter in the church. One thing that I found interesting, let me find it in the doc here, is the restriction of the traditional Latin Mass. Okay, so let's say you're allowed to do traditional Latin Mass only on a Sunday. That's the rule. Cardinal Gregory said that on these days, you cannot use the traditional Latin Mass or the traditional books, the 1962 Missal, at all. Christmas, Triduum, that's actually three days, Easter Sunday, and Pentecost Sunday. So let's say that you go to a traditional Latin Mass, one of the three locations that is allowed for now in D.C. When you go on Christmas Day, it's all Novus Ordo. There is no exception in D.C. from now on. Christmas is always going to be Novus Ordo in D.C. Triduum, that is, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday and Holy Saturday, all Novus Ordo, all the time. Easter Sunday, all Novus Ordo, all the time in D.C. And then... Pentecost Sunday, all Novus Ordo all the time. By the way, as a Catholic, you may or may not know this. The three holiest days of the year, the top three days are Easter, Christmas, and Pentecost. Those are our, the three high holiest days. So he's got those three, Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, and then he tacked on Triduum. No traditional sacraments for those days. Days. He also restricted the locations in D.C. to the Franciscan Monastery of the Holy Land in D.C. That's over by uh, Catholic Uni- Catholic University in D.C. I didn't know they had Latin Mass there. Can someone in the live chat or in the comments let me know? I, did, I was not aware that Latin Mass was at the Franciscan Monastery. It's an interesting place. I've been there, uh, but I, I did not know that, that was the case. Also, the chapel of... St. John the Evangelist in Forest Glen, Maryland, and the Mission Church of St. Dominic in Aquasco, Maryland. So in the actual district, District of Columbia, D.C., there is no more Latin Mass in D.C., except at the Franciscan Monastery. My question for everyone is, Old St. Mary's by Chinatown, that always had the Latin Mass. As a matter of fact, when I was at Old St. Mary's, was that a year ago? I went to Latin Mass at Old St. Mary's. And nice liturgy, beautiful liturgy. But the priest, whos there, I don't know who it was, he gave a very, very long appeal. I almost felt like it was inappropriate of how everyone there at the Latin Mass needs to give money at such and such an appeal. And I just thought to myself, I'd love to give money and support the Latin Mass, but I don't trust this diocese. You know, you're you're preaching, you're telling all of us traditionalists, now I'm from out of town, right? I'm sitting there in the pew as an outsider. I mean, I'm Catholic, but I mean this is not my diocese, it's not my parish. I'm thinking, man, would I really want to drop $1000 into this parish when it's under the oversight of Cardinal Gregory? And he could take the Latin Mass. He could take all that money and then just say, you got no more Latin Mass. And it appears to me, unless someone can let me know here in the live chat, and I'm looking at the live chat, I don't see the answer yet. Did that actually happen? Was my worry that one day, that one Sunday in the pews when I was in D.C., did it actually come true today? That traditional Catholics were putting money and helping and donating and Cardinal Gregory has pulled out the carpet from underneath them. And now they don't have it. I'm looking real quick in the live chat. I'm hoping is anyone from D.C., especially traditional Catholics from D.C., in the live chat right now? I'm just looking for you. Don't see anyone right now. Maybe, maybe you'll show up. Or maybe later, if you watch this, leave a comment in the comments. But the irony of all this is, all these restrictions... And your traditional Latin Mass people tend to be your, they go to Mass at least 52 Sundays a year, plus the Holy Day of Obligations, plus First Fridays, First Saturdays, etc. We just got our first thumbs down. Our Jesuits are in the house. So in in order to uh, counteract that thumbs down, I want everybody right now, there's 711 of you, to thumbs up this video. Give it a like. Now, people in the life... Ch- oh, I was, I was saying, all these measures to restrict people that go to mass—52 Sundays a year, plus holy days, plus first Fridays, first Saturdays—all, all these devotions—you're smacked. But you can be Nancy Pelosi and prance all around those churches. You can be Joe Biden. You can go into the Jesuit Church there in Georgetown, and uh, he and remember when he and Hunter were there after they he they, he he uh, became president, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. They get special escort. I remember I used to work in Washington D.C. at the Catholic Information Center. It's on K Street. It's just uh, not far at all from the White House. It's a couple minutes walk from. Catholic Information Center on K Street over to the the White House. I remember when I first came there, Nancy Pelosi became, uh, either she became or was reinstalled as Speaker of the House. And she had a victory mass at one of the churches that was in the more northern part of the city. I can't remember which one. I, I think I know, but I don't want to say it and be wrong. But she had a mass and, we looked into it, and the Archdiocese of D.C. gave permission for Nancy Pelosi to have a mass celebrating her as Speaker of the House. That is Washington, D.C. That is the Archdiocese of once Cardinal Theodore McCarrick and Oral, and now Gregory They don't want people like you and me having the traditional Latin mass with the focus on God, an unbloody sacrifice, propitiation, Trinitarian, Christological, Christotelic, Christocentric, that means based on Christ, centered on Christ, leading to Christ. Communion on the tongue. No Eucharistic ministers, no cantors or cantresses, no prayers of the people that were made up 12 hours before by the secretary that are basically punch lists for the democratic platform. They don't want that. They're taken away in D.C. for Christmas, Triduum, Easter, Pentecost and all the other work weekdays. What do we do? Well, if I had, if it was me and I had the means, I'd move out or I'd drive over to Virginia. I would find an alternative way. I don't think the Society of St. Pius X is in D.C. Am I wrong? In the live chat, let me know. I think the Society of St. Pius X might have an apostolate in Maryland. might be wrong. But I know in D.C. proper, I don't think there is anything. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to travel. You're going to have to travel. Let's see what else we got going on here in Cardinal Gregory's realm. I already said you're not going to get traditional sacraments. You want your baby baptized in a traditional Roman rite? Gregory just said no. You want traditional confirmation? Gregory just said no. You want traditional extreme unction in last rites? Cardinal Gregory just said no to that too. Traditional marriage, sorry, you get the novus ordo marriage if you're in D.C. You know what I have to say to that? H to the nizzo. H to the no. And yeah, Mass only, traditional at Mass only on Sunday. And he says this is all to bring about greater unity in the diocese. Unity will continue, the beatings will continue until unity increases. Uh, he also said that all priests, deacons, and instituted ministers need to request and, pers- and receive permission from the Archbishop of Washington to celebrate or serve with the 1962 missile. So it's not something that you can even. Do publicly or privately according to the directions. If you're a priest in Washington, D.C., and you want to say a private Latin mass at 6 a.m. when no one's around, you're not allowed to. Cardinal Gregory says you are not allowed to do that. Man. Furthermore, He wants all clergy saying the traditional Latin Mass to, quote, demonstrate an appreciation of the value of con-celebration, particularly at the Chrism Mass. So you have to... Remember the other day I talked about the shibboleth? This is another shibboleth. You've got to affirm Vatican II. You've got to affirm the Novus Ordo as legit. And you've got to affirm con-celebration at the chrism mass, which means I think you're expected to show up and do it. Now, to all my friends out there, it says, well, we're just going to obey whatever these archbishop cardinals say. That's just what we do. My response is the traditional Latin mass is an heirloom. It is precious treasure. This is why Agatha Christie, the great novelist, my wife always reads Agatha Christie novels. You know, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. What was the new movie that just came out? Murder on the Nile. She and a bunch of other scholars, including, I believe, Tolkien, wrote to Paul VI and said, "Look, I'm not even," she said, "I'm not even Catholic." Agatha Christie said, "But look, you gotta—you can't get rid of the Latin Mass. That's like uh, scraping." Cathedrals, bulldozing cathedrals. The Latin mass is, is a a treasure of the great Western, the great human tradition. You can't just throw it in the trash can. And so Paul VI, because he noticed of all the names on there, Agatha Christie said, okay, we'll allow that in England. And that's called the Agatha Christie Indole. I explained the whole history of it and how it went down and who signed it in my book infiltration if you want to learn more about the history of tradition and the infiltration against us check out that book now i'm gonna read from the cursed words of anabal bugnini that's him right there this guy wrote the Novus ordo death on the nile thank you who's that helping me out here tree annie death on the nile thank you agatha christie I thought uh, Murder on the Orient Express with uh, Kenneth Branagh, I thought that was a pretty cool movie. It's pretty legit. Not going to lie. I enjoyed that film. So props to Agatha Christie. Okay, here is Anibal Bugnini. So Annabal Bugnini was basically exiled in... I think 1975 or 1976, he had been a collaborator with Montini, who becomes Paul VI. And he was tasked with rewriting the the texts of the liturgies by which we worship Almighty God. They were not organic developments. And all these people on Twitter and Facebook saying, yeah, but uh, the Novus Ordo is actually older than the Latin Mass, are deceiving you. It is not true. Eucharistic prayer two is based on a prayer, maybe, probably not, of St. Hippolytus, but it was remixed and rewritten on a the back of a napkin or a towel at Trastevere in Rome the night before it was submitted to the Vatican. These are not organic developments. This is a joke. Louis Bouillet, who was involved in it, himself admitted it. Okay, so it became, by 1975, 1976, it became obvious there were lots of people who didn't want the Novus Ordo Mass. They wanted the traditional Latin Mass. So, Annabelle Bugnini wrote, I'm looking for the year here, it's either 75 or 76. Looks like it's 76. four recommendations to enforce on traditional Catholics like Archbishop Lefebvre in order to let them continue to use the traditional Latin Mass. So it's interesting that Annamal Bugnini, he actually said, well, there could be a reason to allow these traditionalists like Lefebvre and Society of St. Pius X in 1976, six years after the Novus Ordo has been on, the wooden tables. And here are the four conditions. I was shocked when I read this because as I read it, I thought this is Pope Francis. Pope Francis is taking a leaf from the playbook of Bugnini. Recommendation number one by Bugnini in 1976. Number one, make these traditionalists they have to have a quote declaration that the new mass is not heretical or Protestant and that those who compose and approved it are not heretics and Protestants. Well, guess who wrote and approved it? Bunini and Paul VI. So the first condition is you have to get traditionals to say the Novus Ordo is not Protestant and it's not heretical. So they're creating the conditions for these people to keep saying the Latin mass. Number two, The Novus Ordo may be that of the 1962 Missal, but the readings are to be made according to their new ordering in the vernacular and from the ambo facing the people." Guess who just imposed this? Cardinal Gregory in D.C. He said, yeah, you can have Latin Mass, but I want vernacular in the readings. It's also stated in Traditions Custodis by Francis. This is out of the playbook of Annabelle Bunini. Why is this important? I know a lot of you are traditional and you're saying, yeah, I mean, Dr. Marshall, look, I don't know Latin. I never study Latin like you. So why not have the epistle and the gospel in English or French or German? I mean, it's not killing anybody. We're not talking about the canon of the mass. We're not talking about the Gloria, the Agnes Dei, the Our Father. We're just talking about the lessons. Wouldn't it be kind of nice? to hear him in vernacular. Plus, often the priest, after he reads or chants them in Latin, he then does them in the vernacular. Let's just save a little time and just go straight into the vernacular. What is the traditional response to that? I'm sympathetic to it. I'm a dad of eight kids. You know? I know that my seven-year-old, who's never studied Latin, doesn't know the readings. Now when they do it in English, she hears them. Right? But why continue to say them in latin why is that important i'll explain in tradition there are seven holy orders two of those below priest are deacon and subdeacon when the subdeacon is ordained as a subdeacon part of the ordination right in tradition is to command and exhort the subdeacon to pray The epistle for the living and the dead. In other words, the deacon, I mean the subdeacon, when he does the epistle, is doing it as an act of oblation at the altar, right? For the living and the dead. In other words, it's meritorious for salvation. That means it's an integral part of the sacrifice of the Mass, I mean, Technically, the sacrifice is from the offertory until the. you could debate whether it's the communion of the priest. I think probably that's where you'd put it, right? But integrated into it for it being licit, for being complete, for being whole, for being integral, is the epistle. So it should be in Latin. Same with the gospel. The deacon reads and prays the gospel as a ceremonial act of oblation for the living and the dead that's why there's actually incense used when you go to a high mass on the gospel in the gospel with lit candles tapers right there this is an oblation this is an act of worship it's not just you know like me reading a a little something from a book for you guys to hear and understand it is ceremonial It is an oblation. You know what what I mean by an oblation? An offering. A ceremonial laying down offering. So that's why traditionalists who are well informed and well read say, no, no, no. Epistle and gospel have to be kept in Latin. And then we will do the pastoral thing and we will read it in French or German or English, whatever the majority of people are, so that they can hear for themselves in their own language, the epistle and the gospel. It only takes a minute or two to do And then when I preach, they'll have a reference to those readings in their own language. That's how we've been doing it for years. It's fine. So we have to keep it that way. Recommendation number three by Anabal Bugnini. The Mass of St. Pius V, the Latin Mass, shall be celebrated in specifically determined churches and on a fixed schedule, for those groups who have difficulty in adap- adapting to the novus ordo, end quote. Where did you just hear this? Ding ding ding. Cardinal Gregory has restricted the traditional Latin Mass to three locations in Washington, D.C. Cardinal Gregory is literally following the recommendations of Annabelle Bugnini. Word for word, I'm not word for word, but I mean the meaning, the intent, and the restrictions are identical. And then number four by Annabelle Bunini, The implementation of these dispositions is to be entrusted to the pastoral care of the local ordinary, that is the local bishop, which is exactly what Francis did in Traditionus Custodis. I'm going to read on here in the book. After those four recommendations that Bunini makes, Quote, Archbishop Bugnini's proposal was submitted to Paul VI, who judged it inopportune. In his answer to Archbishop Bugnini, Cardinal Villot, who's the Secretary of the State, shady, if you want to know more about Cardinal Villot, I talk about him and infiltration. Cardinal Villot wrote, The Holy Father has asked me to communicate to you that it has not seemed opportune to grant now what has been denied in the past, and also to worsen the confusion and disorientation by undermining the credibility of the Holy See. End quote. The door that Paul VI closed would be reopened by John Paul II in the 1984 Indult and in the 1988 Motu Proprio, and to a greater degree yet by Ben Sixteenth in the 2007 Motu Proprio, Sumorum Pontificum. Both popes progressively gave back to the traditional mass its citizenship, In the church and quote what's interesting here is annabelle bunini is more past i hate to even say that he's more pastoral to lefebvre and the traditionalists than paul vi and cardinal villo were willing to be in the 1970s bunini said hey let lefebvre and the sspx have their latin mass But make them, number one, declare it's not heretical or Protestant. Number two, um, use vernacular readings and use the new lectionary. Number three, um, determine fixed locations in churches. And then number four, entrust the implementation to the local bishop. That was what Bugnini was doing. Paul VI and Velo were like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to keep on marching with the Novus Ordo that you created, Bumini. So really what we're seeing is more permissions with John Paul II, total permission with Ben Sixteenth, and then now we're seeing Francis go back. Technically, guys, Paul VI is the most anti-Latin Mass of everyone I've just mentioned because he wouldn't even allow that scenario, which is basically the Traditiones Custodis scenario in Bugnini. So Francis is actually, even though he's been draconian on all these restrictions, he's actually more tolerant on the Latin mass than Paul VI was. Put that in your thurible and smoke it. So there it is. If you're really interested in this stuff, I'd encourage you to read, first off, it's a big book. The uh, Tissier Biography of Marcel Lefebvre. Great book, but look how thick it is. It's a lot. Right? It's a big chunk. It is, how many, 600 pages. It's a big boy. Worth reading. Expand your mind. Learn what's up. You'll be surprised. But also, I think, as a companion, if you really want to go deep, this book. And by the way, if you want to take an online course with me, I have an online course on the history of the Roman Rite, the history of the traditional Latin Mass, how to pray the traditional Latin Mass, and I walk you through every prayer and part of the Latin Mass uh, to familiarize with it, because most of us grew up without it. And we're like, okay, we know it's good, it's beautiful, it's reverent, but I really want to go deeper. I want to know what it is, what's going on. For example... Like what I just said about the Epistle and the Gospel. A lot of people never heard of that. I go into old books, old manuals, old liturgical documents, and I walk you through the Roman Rite and the Traditional Mass. How do you take that course? I will tell you. You go to newst.thomas.com. Newst.thomas.com is where I teach courses, and you sign up. You will get access to eight or nine courses, pardon me, one of which is the Roman Rite and Traditional Latin Mass course. We have hundreds and hundreds of students who are studying Old Testament, New Testament, philosophy, theology, all with me. It's kind of like Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, but we're going a little deeper, a little more academic, but you can do it all at your own time. So I'd encourage you, please go over to NewStThomas.com, sign up, and you can take that history of the Roman Rite, or you can do it by yourself and read all these great books. And this is another good book. If you want to study Nicholas Gear, The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, Dogmatically, Liturgically, and Ascetically Explained, it's almost 800 pages, but this is the book that I really base a lot of the course that I teach online at NewStThomas.com. So uh, if you want me just to do all the heavy lifting and explain it all to you, go to NewStThomas.com. Hook it up. I'll see you in there. I'll be your teacher. I'll help you. All right. We're going to say a Hail Mary for everyone in D.C. who's experienced this restriction today, the traditional Catholics. There's a lot of traditional Catholics in D.C. I've met them. When I was last there at Old St. Mary's, I went to the coffee hour and everyone was so nice, welcoming. I felt good. It was a good community. And I'm sad that it sounds like old St. Mary's has lost her Latin Mass. That's just sad. That's just sad. All right, so let's say the uh, Hail Mary for them. Ave Maria. no Pathris et Fidi Spiritus Sancti Amen. Ave Maria, gratia Plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in Molieribus et Benedictus Fructus Ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, pro nobis Peccatoribus. Nunc et or mortis nostrae, Amen. And let's thank God that we still have the faith. Uh, we many of us still have access to the traditional Latin Mass the traditional sacraments, and we thank God. For praying Gloria Patri et Filio Spiritui Sancto, Sicuterat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum, Amen. Nomini Patri et Spiritu Sancti, Amen. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching. A reminder. Real quick, give this video that thumbs up. Boom. Push the thumbs up. Boom. Thumbs up. And uh, please share this video on Twitter and Facebook. And most importantly, so that you don't ever miss any content and you get notified, go ahead and subscribe and hit that bell. You'll be notified when I go live on new info, like today's new info, which is pretty sad about the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., and Cardinal Gregory. Thanks for watching, everyone. If you want to go deeper in the Latin Mass, go to NewStThomas.com, NewStThomas.com. There are two uh, student levels. You can be a basic student. That's where you take all the courses, but it's like auditing it. Uh, And if you want to be the higher level, the premium level, that gives you quizzes, um, accountability along the way, and a final exam that we help you study for. If you pass the final exam, you earn your certificate. Uh, it's all laid out there. So those are two levels, two different approaches. You can learn more just by going over to NewStThomas.com. And I believe the link is below this video. So um, you can go just there and, and click on it. All right, Till next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and God has you.